0: Go Deep. Welcome back to GDP Go Deep the Podcast. You can find us on most forms of social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also reach out to the cast, TO Big Show, Lord Fawn, Motorsports Mofo, Sturzy, Big Mikey, Astro Moon, and Sassy K. Thank you for your support and remember always Go Deep. All right, folks, welcome back to GDP. Go deep the podcast. So today's another special one. I know you keep hearing the same shit and I promise you it is a special one. We got lots of lots of stuff going on. You probably just dealt with some snow. That's your problem, not mine. Make sure you dig it up. Guys, don't forget we have stuff at the teespring.com store. We have shirts, we have hoodies, we have yoga pants. And I think if I'm not incorrect here, mofo here has put on a pair of those yoga pants. Go deep. And with saying that on the show today, motorsports mofo how are you pal
1: i was fantastic until i put those yoga pants on and split the crotch out but uh, other than that yeah i'm good happy to be here and
0: uh i don't want to hear thank you, you again to all crotch. the uh,
1: supporters and listeners out there
0: yeah definitely we've had a lot of uh feedback from a lot of our shows and I think you got a lot of fans there, Mofo.
1: Yeah, I've had a couple of people reaching out to me on the, uh, Instagram there, social media. I've been taking a little bit of heat there on the Larson thing. And I mean, Hey, I, I own it, you know, but, uh, there's been a lot of action there. A lot of people have been hitting me up, you know, asking me, you know, thoughts on Haley Deegan coming, uh, up into the truck series and, you know, we got chase briscoe coming up into the 14 car so I've, I've had a lot of action people asking you know thoughts and opinions and um in talking uh, with a couple guys just about who their their pool picks might be for next season and so there's a lot going on and uh sounds yeah, like your phone a is lot of, a lot of uh i've been taking a lot of heat on that Larson thing but hey I that's
0: fine i was gonna say i think your phone's been blowing up a lot lately every time i see you it's like the thing's just like it looks like it's ready to melt down i don't know maybe you have a samsung <laughs> with those old batteries you know <laughs>
1: Yeah, a little spontaneously combust on you.
0: Yeah, just don't bring them on airplanes. Life is good, right? No comment. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, so we're now coming into silly season, and I, and I know that you've spoken to me about this before on another podcast, but as you know, I don't follow so closely. So can you just take a second and explain to us when it starts, when's it, when it ends, and what is silly season all about? Uh,
1: so there's not, it's not like hypothetically, like say the NHL trade deadline. Like there's not an official you know, end or an official start. But generally speaking, it's around the the halfway to three-quarter mark within the season and it goes right up Damn near till I guess, like the week leading up to Daytona. I've even seen it like, you know, in the days before Daytona. But generally speaking, silly season just consists of that there's drivers that are, you know, losing their seats or not returning to those seats in the the context of the race car and and or that team. And they are going to be changing uh, manufacturers or owners that they'll be racing for teams in general.
0: It sounds very complicated. And,
1: uh, it is, but it's just a basically much like, you know, their agents and them, like they're just shopping to see who's around, like what teams are, are looking to, to fill new seats that are now vacant. And uh, they're, you know, shopping their resume around, showing, you know, what uh, they can bring to the new team and uh, what they'd be looking for in return, right? But yeah, like, it's always interesting. And some silly seasons are a little bit more entertaining than others. And in this year, like with Jimmy Johnson retiring there, you know, there was seats there available at Hendrick Motorsports. And we've seen Stuart Haas there had all all of a sudden a vacancy with clint boyer uh, announcing his retirement late in the season so there, there's wow. been some uh, very strong teams that have all of a sudden had vacancies and so that instantly creates you know what we call like the silly season. everyone's on the move and trying to figure where they're gonna end up right
0: fair enough well while you're saying that i've actually just got a message off of instagram and i don't know if you're interested in taking a phone call right now how do you feel about that it
1: sounds like this is going to get dangerous but uh yeah it's us uh, yeah, let's give it a whirl. That's okay,
0: great. so on Instagram we have DJ6 that is going to be joining us on the line talking about NASCAR and a bunch of other good stuff. Welcome to the show there, DJ6. Oh, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Don't Thank sound too excited.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: He's like, oh, Hey, DJ6, yeah. welcome. Oh, it's a pleasure, it's a pleasure. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, good, good.
0: Quick question there for you, just so we can kind of get a background of you. You know what's your deal? Like you love cars, you love old ones, you like new ones. You're a NASCAR fan. What's your deal?
3: Uh, well, yeah, you know, I'm not the biggest car enthusiast, but uh, you know, I've always had a a knack for cars, uh, just the engineering and fast cars. I love fast cars.
2: You know, Definitely. old
3: schools are my heart, but I love, I love, I love race cars. Been watching NASCAR with my uh, stepfather since I was probably about seven years old. Oh wow! NASCAR, Indy, so probably been around a while. Like I peg you.
1: Uh, Mid '30s, I guess. Am I wrong? Mid '30s, I paid you. So I mean, you've probably been uh, watching since like the early Gordon days, something like that. Then. Right, right, yeah,
3: yeah, early And then Gordon. you said
1: you watch IndyCar. Who was your IndyCar guy? Well, I mean, I'm more commercialized. So better. <laughs> oh, no. You're talking Formula One now, son. Um, yeah, now I'm not. I'm not much. I'm not much of an IndyCar guy, but I always remember watching, you know, with uh, love uh, for Paul Tracy. Um, obviously, Jane tin Hinchcliffe Now, um, you know, another fellow Canadian, um, I have a problem though, just as a sanctioning body. He broke
3: a, he broke a record recently, I think, right? Mm, again, I'm, I'm not the person to, well, well, yeah, to ask not,
1: there. I'm not a big indie record. car guy. Right. But like, I mean, I, I used to watch more, um, Again, like when Paul Tracy was going, I would go to the Toronto Indy and watch them. I've been to Indianapolis. Um, I respect, obviously, what the guys do, but uh, I I have a problem with them as a sanctioning body and I think they should have went to Halo Bars much earlier or some sort of device. I mean, after Justin Wilson was killed there at Pocono, that's when I finally sort of cut that off. I think that death could have been prevented. And then, frankly, the speed that they carry on the ovals, as much as it's exciting to watch at home, um, after being myself to Vegas and being uh, going for a tour out on the track and seeing where Dan Weldon was killed, I I don't personally think they should be racing at that speed on an oval. Right. I compare that to if you're ever familiar with woodboard racing, and if you're not familiar with woodboard racing, you'd have to look it up on YouTube or on you know Google it up. Sounds like somebody of these '20s. Yeah, really. It's not a foreign uh, foreign site, but wood board racing was basically the guys early, like late teens and early 1920s. They'd race on these wood tracks and the, the banks were something like 45 degree banks or something silly. Basically, when the, you know when something went wrong, these guys would just get launched off into the stratosphere, and much like you know, with Dan Weldon did. So right,
3: absolutely, yeah, I'm seeing that, it That's the again. one thing I, I sort of had with
1: IndyCar, and I knew like they have been making great strides to improve their safety, but I'm not by all means, like I say, I'm not a big IndyCar guy, so I, I can't necessarily speak to what record teams may have necessarily uh made as of recently but i i am certainly going to be following that sanctioning body now that i know jimmy johnson is going over there next season to race for ganassi so that will be pretty entertaining and i don't know whether how he's going to do or not do but i will be looking to follow him there and uh so maybe i will now be an indycar fan going forward right okay
0: so dj6 we talked about larson i don't even know i think it was back in april maybe it was june it was probably June, and him dropping um, a very famous bomb that cost him his seat right. in a particular car, but now he's driving again. So I kind of was wondering, and I think Mofa was wondering definitely, what is your opinion on what had happened there? And do you think he should be given that second chance to drive for another guy?
3: I mean, I mean, I, could get, I can get into the whole offense, right? I mean, that's, that's a, a, already a previous conversation. But um, in terms of the outcome, uh, what has it been, uh, six months? 6 months he's reinstated now. So I mean, I mean it's just my thought, my thoughts on it is like I know that it's hard to really gauge like when when you're one of the upper management in in a NASCAR, it's kind of hard to gauge okay, what is the punishment for certain crimes when it's setting a precedent because it's like probably the first time something like this has happened. But I mean, when I heard the news that he was reinstated and I kind of checked my watch and I realized, "Oh, we're still in 2020." I was like, "Ooh, it's kind of it's kind of a little it's kind of it's a little bit early yeah a little bit sad right i mean obviously there's things we probably don't know behind the scenes i think i read that uh he's they've taken different steps uh some sort of uh community work or he's doing things already in the uh, in the background to kind of already show his uh remorse and i think he's taking steps uh to kind of build the build the bridge like Uh, To closing the gap, right? And uh, bring up more awareness to uh, what he did and how that's wrong and how there's no place in that in NASCAR. But, I mean, the transparency is not too great, right? So I kind of felt a little disheartened from that because It's not really explaining in detail what it is that uh, steps that he took, but also the timeline. It's like, ah, that's kind of, I mean, okay. Yeah. He didn't drive this year. He didn't drive this summer, but I mean, this already was kind of a funny year already.
0: Yeah. COVID interrupted everything.
3: So, right. So I mean the pandemic, like, so, I mean, everybody's kind of not in their normal thing. So for it to already say, okay, yeah, we've already disciplined him and we're reinstating him, and he'll be starting uh, next season, it's kind of like when you're being punished for something, you have to suffer or feel the consequence of you not being comfortable with the privileges that you have, right? Notice I use the word privilege. So the fact that this is already an off year, and then they're basically claiming this year that's his penalty, I kind of feel like that's kind of not enough like i mean i don't want to be taking food out of anybody's mouth right i don't know what he or he supports but still in my own opinion the timeline it just doesn't quite feel that long enough especially because it's not too transparent what he's doing and what these steps are yeah to to build and 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 bridge these gaps right
0: so dj6 what kind of steps if you were i don't know if it's a commissioner for nascar i'm not positive this is a mofo thing but what kind of steps would you take if you were running the reins at nascar in to a ensure that this would a not happen again and b to show what has been done or the work that's been done to prove that this individual deserves that second chance
3: well okay i mean as the owner right you don't really have control over what uh companies want to endorse you right but um some sort of influence with the endorsement. Don't get me wrong, he's already suffered pretty um, pretty bad. I think he was with one of the top endorsements. I think he was with, like, McDonald's or one of them. But, he, I mean- did, he had
1: McDonald's. He had Chevrolet, obviously, sponsoring him. He lost a number of, like, big sponsors and damn near instantly. So, I mean, especially McDonald's. I mean, that there, I'm not sure... Um, the dollar figure that would have been attached. I mean, I know that to be on a Cup Series team, I've read that it's about $30 million a season if you want to sponsor for the whole, you know, to run a, a Cup team and everything and sponsor for that. We're, we're not talking about like a, you know, a rinky-dink mom-and-pop shop here that's trying to make a sponsorship. And, you know, you've got McDonald's. that's a global sponsor on your car. That is some big dollars attached to that. Absolutely. And to blow it? Like
2: I I've always
1: I've sorta of noted on previous podcasts, I know you've probably heard them if you're, you know, taking the time to call in and again, thank you. But oh, no, I, no. I tend to think that I've I've often maintained and felt I would have rather seen him come back and sort of have to earn his way back up the rank, not because of from a driving skill, but just to, to let him twist in the winds a little bit. Uh, much like you know i 've noted that Kurt Bush had to do after
3: his sort of little meltdown, if you will um, no, I, I kind of agree that 's kind of what I was thinking. more like you as the the CEO of NASCAR, whatever the title is, you have definite influence over all the owners and all the sponsors. I say some sort of uh, regulation uh will drop you as a sponsor to the sport if anybody is signing or giving any sort of uh, bursaries or any kickback uh, to his team or family over a course of, it has to, I mean, it has to at least reach a year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it has to I be agree. at least one year. And Definitely. And don't get me wrong, his suspension happened at, if I'm not mistaken, it was the beginning of the season. So, I mean, the one year will at least for sure solidify like you're doing one year, nothing is happening. No practicing, no facilities, no other links that you that you have that are that's related to the actual sport until you do your your one year bid, right? Six months, I mean, okay, he's probably already he's probably already using facilities. Uh, he's probably already negotiating deals. You see, there should be some more uh, governing oversight in terms of being able to control the narrative from other sponsors, because let's keep it real. This is an extremely talented brother. Notice I said brother. He's an extremely talented brother. I'm pretty sure people are lining up to sign him after he was dropped from McDonald's. So you should already know that and use that as leverage. Like, No, we're going to make sure that he, under, he, he takes time and understands that what he did is very severe, and you're not going to just have the privilege because you are so skilled in the sport and you're so dominant in the sport that it's okay. You're going to get, you're going to get a gig. You have to feel the fear of I possibly might not drive again because nobody's trying to sponsor me or sign me. It, it needs to be a more stronger governing on that, on that overhead part of it. So it's it's more up to NASCAR's responsibility to be more in contact with the different sponsors and everything and let them know we're not tolerating this. And we, we really feel that you, you, none of you guys should be in any sort of conversation or negotiations with any of his agents or anything until we say so. And it will definitely not be until the new year.
0: Well said. I mean,
3: six months, he just enjoyed his summer and now he's going to get. Well, I mean, I, I will say, I, I, <laughs> I do, I do see your, do see your point
1: there. I know that for anyone that follows uh world of outlaw, he was absolutely just tearing up, you know, the dirt car series. And they, there's no question the guy can race. And I think if he didn't come back to NASCAR, I'm sure he would still keep racing his dirt car team over there in world of outlaw. And I, you know, there's a, I think there's a whole segment of people that are more than willing just to, you know, forgive and forget and move on. And then there's other people I've always maintained. Like, you know, I, I take my racing in the NASCAR very seriously and
3: wait, sorry, sometimes things no too. They don't want to call you a quick question based on what you're saying there is the. The, the when the incident happened, right? We all know it was during the um i racing. I was gonna say not E racing, the the internet the one well, the, what, um,
1: it was E racing. It was an I racing like E race, not like E racing in a sense of like it was like online, like it was online
3: Ray, like the on the array, like the actual video game one. So mm-hmm. um is that is that um is that from like is that NASCAR, that series, that circuit? So that, that is NASCAR, um, like
1: they somewhat back it, but like it's, it is still off on its own entity, but NASCAR does have the, I'd have to look into it more to be honest with you. Um,
3: oh, okay. cause my, the reason why I asked that my example, like you said, how it's probably it's likely it's its own entity. So that's already for sure. Like a, a faction that he can engage in and make money. It's not related to NASCAR. NASCAR probably has no influence. So. Already there, he's gonna he's gonna basically. Well, well, they do have
1: money tied, like they they would be linked to it, like there is you know like that series actively goes and as i've said though it does not get the coverage now that the guys are back racing it's like they sort of just let that go and as i've previously stated oh, oh, before oh, okay. like they should have you know made a thing on it to keep it going but they did not um oh, oh, okay so it's more of
3: like more interesting, right. it's
1: more of it's like what i would consider like a satellite or a, an arm extension of nascar but um oh, okay. Either way, like I definitely support what you're saying, and I mean, like to close off, I guess what you're getting at with the Larson thing is that you know I I would have rather see him twist in the winds a little bit. I'm yeah, not so, against NASCAR him. sanctions, <laughs> right? Some sanctions
3: for the I, I just I I
1: definitely think going forward NASCAR has room to grow on that. You know, but I mean sometimes we learn through mistakes. And uh right. it'll it'll certainly be interesting just to see see what, what happens in the you know, in the seasons going forward. I mean, I know especially now you got Michael Jordan coming into the, the sport there, joining up right. with Denny Hamlin, so that's gonna be pretty big right. and it's gonna bring, I think, again, another sector of fans that maybe liked watching Michael for his basketball or a little bit of the baseball when he was with the Sox.
3: No, but and, and maybe... it goes without saying that helps bridge this gap.
1: Yeah, and he may, but I, I think also like along with bridging that gap, it's also going now to, to bring a segment that people of they're going to to demand that we see that we see changes in this too, right? So it'll um it, it's go, it's going to be interesting going forward. But like the the largest thing I don't know it, it's going to be it, I would not be a bit surprised when he comes back, if you see an array of cheers, but then likewise, an array of Booze. Um, boos and, and really disgruntled people that are not pleased with what, they, what they're they seeing. So, it, it will definitely be interesting. Yeah, no, for sure,
3: for sure. But as, as, as everything, time always heals things. Time always changes things, and I was think I was giving you the example uh, with basketball with LeBron James. I saw LeBron James once say that one of his greatest moments in his illustrious career was when they lost the NBA finals. They got smoked by uh, Dallas, Dirk Whiskey and Dallas, right? Jason Kidd. From then on, he just became great. So obviously this was an unfortunate situation, but this scenario... And, and I, I really hope it really is what aren't saying, how uh, he's been rehabilitated or whatever they said he's been doing. This might be that kind of turning point in his life where he, he was already such a great like athlete, right? Mm-hmm. But this thing might actually make him even... Elevate to that great person. I would right? definitely it, say that. It that might he, It me. might
1: help him grow in, in terms of him as a, as a man and him as a, an individual within the sport. And, you know, again, like I'm more than happy to see him come back so that I can see as a fan how much he has changed or how much he has done to improve because I've had the pleasure of meeting him once. And that being said though, thereafter the meeting, the ones uh, others uh, ever since then meeting him, like I met him at his very first ever cup race ever since then though, I've been slowly disappointed by different, little actions uh, i mean sure. again, though, i take my nascar and, and the the these sort of things very personally so maybe i'm overanalyzing but I, I am looking forward to seeing when he comes back how he has changed and what he has done to change as a driver and as like just a, as an individual on uh, a more personal basis so it, it'll be interesting and uh you know again by any means like you want to reach out to us again, and I you know, thank you for following. And again, um, definitely make sure you keep in touch. I, like, I'd love to you oh, know, delve into this conversation when we get back into uh,
3: Daytona there in uh, February. Oh, no, absolutely. You guys are great, too. I love the show.
0: Thanks there, DJ6. Thank you, thank you, we really appreciate it, buddy. So, DJ6, oh, we're just going to put you on hold for a second, and we're going to get to another one. I can't believe this. I don't know what's going on tonight. I don't know if you have a horseshoe stuck up your ass there, Mofo, but we got uh, another I one. We always love through.
1: horseshoes, but uh, not in my ass.
0: <laughs> I certainly hope not. That makes for a weird conversation. So, <laughs> not a conversation I'm willing <laughs> to have right now, either. Uh, oh, wow. So, the next person on our cast is... Uh, Donna. She's reached out to me off of
1: Twitter. No way. There's no goddamn way it's Donna.
0: (laughs) Um, You know, I don't know if a lot of you guys figured this out, but we fictitiously talk about Donna. We don't know a Donna. This is Kind of a real shocker. Well, Don,
1: Donna was like a fictitious name. I used it in, in a, an example, I think, oh, God, like a couple months ago. And ever since then, I know, yeah, we've, there's no way it's really a Donna. This is fantastic. though. So I it can't is. wait. This is going to be good.
0: So um, we're going to have Donna on the show. And it's Donna from uh, Peterborough, home of the homemade darts. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Donna.
1: Peterborough. This is going to be fantastic. Okay, let's do it. <laughs>
0: Okay, so Donna, welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. How did you find out about us?
4: Thanks for having me, guys. I, I love your show. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Is it really Donna? Come on now. Seriously, you're heard. I promise. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I never thought there would actually be a real Donna out there. I always <laughs> I have to come up with a new name now, John. Like We're have to be <laughs> yelling out there, shout out to Tanya or something. <laughs> this yeah, is fantastic. <laughs>
0: That's awesome.
1: I do do appreciate it, Donna. So let's uh, let's go with it.
0: So yeah, Donna, you're a fan of NASCAR, I'm assuming? Yes, I am. All right. So what burns your gears about NASCAR?
4: What burns my gears about NASCAR? Um, There's too many changes.
0: What kind of changes?
4: I think that they're taking away from drivers and talent um, and putting it more towards the equipment that they have as opposed to just having good natural talented drivers are the ones up front and if you don't have the talent then you 're not up front um, now it's more it's more about the equipment if you if you're with a good team, if you have the money to pay for the good engines and you know the rest of it—the good sponsors. Then, then you're up front, and you run up front, and you win races, you win championships. And that's not to say that there's not some some real talent out there right now. But I think that it's it's no longer just talent. It's no longer just having that drive, that that okay. motivation to win. It's
1: you watch like a Taylor and Hart Sr. when he was still racing. Um, you watch. I mean, obviously Kyle Busch can drive the wheels off anything, but I was thinking like a Tony Stewart now. I, I remember yelling out of frustration a lot at Tony Stewart when he was racing. That being said, you watch the way, I mean, he could drive a dirt car, drive an Indy car, you know back over to cup car and mean he would just drive the wheels off of anything
0: now let me ask you a question donna and mofo would you say that now that we can invest so much money into the uh, mechanical side of things that it really doesn't make much difference in uh, who's driving or do you think that there's just less need for talent because the cars are so super powered
1: i personally think i mean i don't want i don't think though like i don't want the average listener to think that i'm discounting the skill that any driver brings, like it's not just going out there and turning left. I don't want people to assimilate that it's they're driving their their Buick or their. Chevrolet down the street and just turning left as if they're getting on an on ramp or something.
0: I don't think everybody's there's driving a Chevrolet anymore, but so
1: I'm by no means saying <laughs> that. But I do think though that you want to see like the, the as Donna had, had mentioned that there's a lot of a lot of I think talent that does not necessarily make it into the Cup Series or even into the top three national series, basically. Just based on, they don't have the sponsorship behind them. They do not have, you know, the contacts. There's a lot of contacts and resources of, you know, you know someone who knows someone who will get you seat time in front of an owner. Or you have a contact that you name the, the you're maybe a someone that works at a such and such a sponsorship. You look at it as an example. I'll use this. And not by no means taking away from Paul Menard he was really good to the fans and everything but you know his dad there having Menards to to essentially sponsor him if you were to put Paul Menard in another car I mean would he last that long probably not you know so I think a lot of it is how who you know is a contact and your resources and so on and so forth like that I don't necessarily think that you're seeing at times the best people in there but you are seeing like, like there's a lot of really strong talent that is there right but yeah I, I would I do second Donna's sentiment about, I'd like to see, you know, take a little bit of
0: downforce off the back of the car.
1: Loosen things up a little bit so that, you know, the car is dancing around on track and you're really seeing these guys fight the wheel a little bit.
0: I uh, don't mean to interrupt you there, MoFo. Donna, what, what's your feeling on this?
4: Yeah, you know, I, I agree. When... I, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some very, very talented drivers out there. For me personally, I'm a chase fan. You know, I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's going places. But I also think that it's going to be harder for him to beat records, to to meet those, you know, Gordon numbers, those Earnhardt numbers, those Petty numbers, because you just, it's more of an even field. You know, look at Matt Benedetto, for instance. The guy is, we met him, um, my husband and I met him at the track, and he was just the nicest guy you've ever met and so funny so down to earth he was pretending to be just a random person at the racetrack carrying a cardboard cutout of himself um <laughs> it, was, it was awesome and you know just like hey do you know who i am and most people looked at him and said no you know he he unfortunately has had bad luck no one really thinks of him as a talented driver he did yet, resign
1: no way like thankfully like he was resigned mm-hmm. with the wood brothers but i would love like i there it's okay where I guess I would draw the examples where I thought, you know, this guy deserves a shot at Hendrick Motors.
4: I agree. I That's agree. That's my
1: opinion. Now, I understand some are going to argue with me all day long about Lars, the better driver, and, you know, the wins. But you know what? I think from an ethics standpoint, at a certain point, ethics have to come back into the sport. I think, um, you know, we, uh, as an example, you, you look at, like, Alex Bowman, Sassy K's driver. Yep. You know, Alex comes in and comes into good equipment at Hendrick Moore Shorts and he's able to put some W's together. So I'd love to see Matt Benedetto, or much like, you know, a Martin Truex Jr. Finally, you know, gets you know, going there with Furniture Row Racing, starts getting some wins, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then over now at, at Gibbs, and but I'd love to have seen Matt DiBenedetto. Um, again, great to the fans, great on social media. I would have loved to, have, I think, have seen him in the 5 or in the 88, 48, whatever, you know, switch the numbers around all you want. But still it's still the same equipment. Put them in Hendrick equipment. I, sorry, and I, I not to cut you off, there, Don. just I just wanted to get that in. I, I do think, though, that, again, there is another example of a guy that, you know, deserves a, a really good shot. I mean, don't get me wrong; I mean, nothing wrong with the Wood Brothers, but I think that I'd love to see what he could do in some really top notch equipment.
0: Oh, right. I agree. That answers that.
1: And a Chase Elliott fan, by the way. Congratulations on the championship.
4: Thank you. I appreciate it. I think we're going to get another one next year. We've got uh, a lot more of the road courses. Everybody knows Chase dominates at those road courses, and so I think there's a good chance that he goes to goes to the final four next year and can pull out another championship. the thing is, would put him doing. on par with Jeff. Gordon by the way now, it's, like, it, it would be good
1: like I have no problem seeing him uh I have no problem seeing him you know compete for more championships I mean I've obviously always stated on the show like I'm a Ryan Blaney supporter but I have no no problem against Chase and I'm super happy to hear how he uh you know was able to pull it off like and I I honestly, I put my money, in. I lost ten bucks to John. On I put up my money on Harvick, and I just thought it was going to be another season or two before Chase was able to be a champion. But obviously, super happy for him, and then likewise, super happy for you as a fan, like you were able to celebrate there with him in his glory. And full disclosure, I've met Chase, and uh, very good to the fans. I think he's going to be great for the sport. I wonder though about if he will be a repeat champion right away, or in the seasons going forward. And the only reason I bring that to your attention, or or I guess to the the conversation, is. You look at, as an example, a uh, uh, Kyle Busch, how such a top caliber driver, and then you know he has a season where it's like nothing but struggles, and then he finally is able to win Texas. I think it was. How, yeah, like, what, I don't, what do you see differently with Chase?
4: I don't know. I think, I mean, personally, I'm not a Kyle Busch fan. Um, don't come for me, all those people, all those Kyle Busch fans, men out there, please don't Nobody come likes for me. I dirty Bush. I, I, I don't like him. I I think he's <laughs> arrogant. Um, I I I. I cry when he wins. Um, I throw things at the TV when he wins. I, I really I don't like the guy. And to be honest, I don't agree with you when you said he can he can race. I, I think he's good, but I don't think he's as good as everybody thinks he is. And I think if he was, he would have been able to get a win earlier this year than he did at, what, So the- third-last race, second-last race of the season. I think that maybe, you know, he's he's getting older, um, and I think that there's a lot of new guys coming into the sport, and I think that there's a lot of new guys who it's time for them to shine. And, or um, new women. or Absolutely, new women. I completely agree. We need some women in the sport. So Donna, that's um, what I
0: want to ask you very quickly. About. Are, you, are you excited about Haley Deegan coming in?
4: I am. I think that um, someone said to me the other day that bringing women into the sport is ruining the sport. Um ah, And I was, I was furious. Um,
1: Now, why were, why did they feel it was ruining the sport by bringing women in?
4: I think they just think that women can't race as well as men. I completely disagree with that. They ever
1: watched drag racing?
4: Uh, Apparently not.
1: I guess not. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
4: I, you know, I think that, I think yeah absolutely people underestimate women you know Danica Patrick was was in the sport for a long time she moved on to Indy but I think that she represented well I think that she you know she yeah she could have done better but it's been a man's game for a long time and I think that it needs to be it needs to be shaken up and I think some women need to get in there I think a lot of the Drivers who are, you know, having kids, retiring, things like that. Um, for instance, Jeff Gordon, his daughter is driving, doing I think dirt or midget quarter midgets or something like that, and you know, they may want to follow their father's footsteps. I don't think that they're going to. I don't think that they should be excluded from the sport or put down because they're women. I think that they should be given every opportunity to be able to get good rides and uh, and be able to show their talent. <laughs>
1: I, I do think that there's definitely room for improvement within the sport. I think there's no longer any excuse of well, it's I don't even know how to phrase it other than like oh, let me let me phrase it this way to you, Donna, or to the listeners, is that back in like I remember back when I first started watching NASCAR in the early '90s, and frankly, all the way up into the early 2000s, I remember you used to have like 45 or almost 50 cars sometimes trying to make a 43 car field, right? And they there was a different qualifying way that they would qualify. But to the point is is that they like you'd have guys going home that, that actively tried to make the race. They had hauled their car and their team all the way to the track from North Carolina to wherever they were racing and couldn't make the field. And now you've got it to where NASCAR has forty car field is what they will allow. They have downsized it to get rid of the start and park thing. And that's a whole other conversation in itself. But now like, you know, with a forty car field what they will allow based on qualifying they're getting 36 there's 38 cars showing up. So, I mean, qualifying almost becomes irrelevant. Never mind this whole year with the COVID, it's been different because it's just a different, you know. But, gen like last season, you look, and I, I think, well, all of a sudden, there's certainly room here now for more talent to be coming in. And, I mean, that comes back to, I guess, also people being able to put money together to form a team and uh, and sponsors to come on board. But I definitely think, like, there's, I'd, I'd love to see more females come into the sport. I think Haley Deegan is, is going to be fantastic. And, you know, she's young. And from what I understand, like, you know, she's big on social media. So, I mean, again, that's going to have quite a draw. And I think given, like, as well, from what I've seen, like, she's pretty aggressive on her restart, at least from what I've seen. And, uh, I do look forward to watching her race more in the Truck Series. Those guys are not afraid to mix it up whatsoever, and really, you know, throw the trucks around. I think she's going to thrive there, and if she can put together some good finishes, I think you'll see her start to move up. and I'd love to see her, in my opinion, really like pay, try and pave the way, or you know, use her voice. As a young, you know, up and comer, to draw more females into the sport or make noise for females. And that's the one thing I've often said that, you know, I felt disappointed with being Danica Patrick come into the sport from IndyCar is that I don't feel personally as a fan that I ever really saw her advocate or say there on the TV, you know, get out there, girls, and, you know, try and, you know, really make it. and, And we that's again maybe that's being a little too hard on her but that was strictly my opinion of dana because i thought she could have done a better job and i'm hoping that now with haley coming in that you know she will be able to encourage and uh get young females out there and going because I, i do believe like there's a lot of talent i mean Behind the wheel, I mean, I've seen tons of females. Anyone that drives the 401, I've seen tons of women that, you know, you'd swear they're on the last lap at the tone of the way they're zipping in and out. So I'm sure that you could put other females behind the wheel of these cup cars, and uh, they would be just as good. And as I know John and I talked on a number a while ago, that generally speaking, a lot of women are often lighter than us guys. You know, we're just, that's just the simple mechanics of it. And, you know, in, in racing, power to weight overall is you know is key i don't. I think it would be a benefit for teams to look at women and say hey we want to bring them on board from a sponsorship aspect
3: well you,
0: i think like it own- just grows the whole market as a whole like there isn't just Absolutely. one gender in the world right so Absolutely, i think that yeah. it would be ridiculous to lo- like you're going to lose out on a big part of the world's profit right there if you're not including women it's got to be more inclusive right and i think that's what it kind of comes down to but quick question for you there donna and 60 seconds or less We're going to beat this horse to a pulp today. Larson, happened this season. What's your feeling? Real quick.
4: Uh, My feelings on Larson? Yes. Okay. I think that the incident happened because... Unfortunately, he has used the word before. That's not something you say as a first time. It, it's a vocabulary that you're used to, um, and unfortunately, I think that's a huge problem—a huge problem nowadays that needs to be addressed. And I think more people need to understand the history behind it um, and the history of why the word is so powerful and why it's so wrong. But I think that everybody needs to to stand up and say that you know this is not the right thing to say um, and not just NASCAR, not just, you know, certain people. I think everybody needs to say this is wrong. I also, you know, believe in second chances. So if he truly is remorseful and he truly understands what he did is wrong, then I don't see a problem in giving him a second chance. Um, I think you need to learn from your mistakes. I think he's young and I I honestly think he made a mistake. Um, I think he... It regrets it but i think it's it's a mistake that way too many people make way too often
0: fair enough well donna i just want to take this quick second and thank you for being available for this uh podcast it, it was really uh, nice to get a different opinion
1: Absolutely. donna i'm honestly surprised that there was a donna out there so i am i do want to second that thank you as well and uh thank you for listening actually thank you for showing the support and uh Make sure yeah, you give us a follow there. And, uh, you know, definitely anytime you want to reach out again, by all means, we'd be uh, happy to have you. Thank you.
4: Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks for, uh, I'm glad I could show you my face and, and Donna's out there.
0: <laughs> Big up the Donna. <laughs> we're
1: we're, we're going to find a new name now, Donna. Don't you worry. We won't, uh, every week, we won't be hammering the, the Donna name anymore. We'll find a new one. Don't you worry.
0: We're coming after I you, Joanna.
4: It. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks guys. Take Thank care, you.
0: Donna. Now you know what's but funny, Mofo? Your face. Uh, you know, besides that and the ugly look on Ronald McDonald's face when people drop the word wrong words. Um oh, wow. is that there is one more person that wants to talk to us.
1: I find this hard to believe, but uh at the rate I'm going I'm already being roasted, so uh yeah. what the hell.
0: Well yoga pants and rotten Ronnies, here we go. So the oh, next Ronnie person sounds delicious. <laughs> Our next person Let me a message through email, which I have I thought email was pretty much dead. I mean I always tell everybody you know, go deep the podcast at gmail.com. But when I got this email, and I responded back, and we've had a little bit of correspondence, we got Patrick on the line. This is patrick69 at gmail.com i'm not sure what the 69 stands for welcome to the show pal
1: hey how's it going guys patrick are you by chance the same patrick on instagram that's been messaging me you were in i want to say is it florida uh yes yes it is wow welcome man okay well thank you nice to talk to you you. been talking there now a number of months and all i know this is going to be a barn burner (laughs) oh
0: it is (laughs) we're going to burn the wheels right off okay so you (laughs) want to you wanted to talk to us about NASCAR. What are your feelings about this present sea- uh, season that just passed?
2: The season that just passed, like, it's obviously nobody predicted what was going to happen with, like, COVID going around and um, racing, and then having to catch up on the schedule and, you know, racing twice, sometimes three times in one week, um, must have put a lot of strain on the teams and drivers. to, You know, get the cars ready, not just for one race, for two races, and only bringing one car to the track. And then, you know, to have to drive back to the team shop to get ready for to go somewhere else the next for the next week. So there, there must have been more equipment going around. But um, kudos on on all the teams and on NASCAR and how they handle that uh, to catch up that fast. In the matter of I think six seven weeks, they caught up. Even with the rain delayed race, and I think they raced uh, twice in the matter of three days. So Patrick, that I give them kudos for um, how everything played out. There's a couple of things that could have changed. It is what it is. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bicker about it. What do you think of the Harvick thing?
1: Because I, I know I know you and I I met, I remember messaging you and saying like oh god there was probably like. Six Six races to go, I remember, like, message you specifically saying, like, Harvick has got this in the bag. So when, when Harvick was eliminated, I'm just curious, like, what your thought was on that.
2: I, I, I had a feeling he was going to be in the final four. I thought Hamlin was going to be eliminated. Um, But I think that race at Texas, um, I think NASCAR made a bad call. I don't think they should have raced that Sunday. Um, I think if Harvick didn't hit the wall because of the track being wet, I think uh, that race would have changed direction. Yes, he had a bad race at Martinsville, but I think he would have still been in, but only by a couple points. The, The one thing I would though argue, though, with
1: Patrick is so everyone went out on that track and the track was wet.
2: Yeah. Everyone that, that,
1: you know, starts any race really is starting under the same parameters as the next
2: that, guy. So that, I do again, sympathize. I, I think it was just bad luck, bad timing. Everyone had that thing that same uh, scenario, but I think NASCAR should have just said, you know what, we're not gonna get past stage one. Why even why even bother race starting the race? Like we've seen at Daytona where where uh they knew rain was coming and they pushed they, they pushed the start time. And the same thing with homestead to make sure they can get the race in and if they knew they didn't they couldn't do it, they wouldn't even they would wouldn't have started it. That's my opinion. Like we can agree to disagree on that. But Oh no, right. I, I I do
1: respect your opinion. I'm just I guess I just think so you know, sometimes it's just it's just,
2: it, it, it's just like racing. Said, everyone had everyone had the same tires, same same track conditions, everything, and it just happened to be Harvest that hit the wall. Don't get me wrong, he still, I think he still came back to the top 15, but I think he had a better car. He obviously didn't hit the wall. Okay. I yeah we can agree on that. Harvick being not in it was a big, big shocker. I think if Harvick was was in it, I think he could he would have been the car to beat at Phoenix for sure. We all know Harvick's uh, status. There. I was just gonna say that they call him the closer. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and he, he won, I believe, six races in a row at Phoenix. Oh yeah, like I know in
1: in my pool, I like it used to be a no brainer. You were picking Harvick to win. It was just a matter then of picking second and third. You know, yeah. talking about like Hamlin there, I feel it was his championship to lose. Oh yeah, and.
2: and, then, and Definitely I think was.
1: anyone that, you know, I don't know, man, I, I, I feel for Hamlin because I think he's a good guy and, you know, good for the, you know, he's good, a good role model, you know what I mean? He's always sort of kept himself out of trouble, generally speaking. And I look forward to seeing what him and Michael Jordan are going to put together as team owners. Yeah, going uh, to be very
2: interesting. Yeah, but I do
1: definitely wonder now if you're ever going to see Hamlin get a championship. And I only say that because I do feel that he has off second, in the, yeah, the final four last season. And he was in yeah. again this one. And it's like, I feel like he had the opportunity to capitalize. And he didn't. Not to take away from any of the guys that he was racing. I obviously, Brad is one hell of a race car driver. Chase is, you know, very much still developing and up and coming. But I think it was Cameron had like the most dominant season by far of all three of the guys that he was
2: racing against. And it was,
1: as far as I'm concerned, it was his
2: to lose. Yeah, it um, was.
1: And it, it's really too bad. But I mean, that's. That's racing, and I think also it, it demonstrates, you know, that how difficult it is to win one of these. So, yeah, I just wanted to put that in about Hamlin. Uh, shout out to him, but I, I do feel it is the lose on this one.
2: Well, I remember last last year when he was in the Final Four, the they put tape on the final pit stop and he overheated. This year, he just didn't have the car to handle, and I believe it was 10 years ago when... It was him, Johnson and Edwards. I think I don't know which championship it was for Johnson, but I remember he spun out on the back stretch by himself, coming off turn two at Homestead. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he's had his multiple chances. What I it almost was. feel like
1: he's uh, like a modern day Dale Earnhardt, in in the sense of like try, Dale trying to win Daytona and how many yeah. times he was so close, he was right there, and or he had won it in various other facets per se, but he just couldn't quite get. The real Daytona 500, he would win like the 600 or win, you know, this or that. But when it or the Pepsi, or sorry, the 400, I should say. But uh, when it came to winning the Daytona 500, it uh, it just couldn't materialize. So there would always be that, you know, something would go wrong. Just a matter of what. And I think Denny Hamlin is then you draw like the parallel across.
2: Mm-hmm. you know I, I don't i don't think
1: it takes away as denny as a driver i think when you look back on denny hamlin's career um how successful he's been with gibbs and fedex and all his sponsors liked by the fans i don't have an issue there with him i just i was a little heartbroken there just in the sense of and i have nothing against chase by any means like i'm, I'm totally happy that chase won. at That's cool. i know like a lot of people i know um locally up here in canada were, were all over like all chase one and they were super excited for him i know he, he got his first truck series win up here in canada i'm not sure if you saw the race or not uh patrick but he so i we do have a, a big love for chase elliott up here as well uh, north of the border but i do maintain that you know i was a little heartbroken to see denny not pull it off but by any means i did not bet on him to win either so take from that what you will right yeah for sure
0: i think the only uh person from nascar i've ever met is not even actually from nascar but from disney and that was lightning and queen. Just throwing it out there. It's not a big deal.
2: <laughs> you sound like my four year old.
0: I was super excited, but he didn't talk back. Prick. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> go ahead.
2: What do you think there about Daniel Suarez there? Daniel Suarez? Um, I think I he he's Talented, but um, I think he's had his shot multiple okay. times now. It hasn't developed. Now let's see, he's going to a uh, brand new team starting next season. So see how it goes. Well, he's and going over to get... a Chevrolet. So I wonder if you're going to see like, cause I'm not sure what
1: like he's going over to. Uh, what is it Trackhouse Entertainment? I think Trackhouse Entertainment Group, as far as I understand. I remember reading yes. on NASCAR. So he's gonna be a Chevy. Which satellite is he? Is and he gonna be like a
2: satellite team? have you heard or I'm not sure. I I, I think it's gonna be. Something to do with something to be with RCR. Yeah, so a satellite team essentially of RCR. Something. I mean, I I think the RCR is going to give them the cars and the trophies and so on. Um, let's see what happens. It's a brand new team. I I don't expect them to be up front for a season with that team. Like we all know the first year with a new team sometimes can be okay. Sometimes can be better than okay. Sometimes they just have a terrible season, but they know what they're getting into. Uh, let's see what 2022 brings when these new uh, new cars come in. Um, what do you 2022? think of the new cars? The new cars, uh, I'm not too keen on them. You know, when you change tires, it's more turning more into an F1 car with one lug, one lug nut pretty much. Versus the five now, Um, the rear diffuser um, to keep it stable on the back, like you're just making it glued to the track now. You're taking, you're taking it away from the drivers and every and everything's supposed to, all the parts are supposed to be pretty much made by one company and the same with the chassis. I think, you know, like, that's-, I think
1: that's their means of trying to like streamline the operation to bring costs down. But I do agree with you, Patrick, there because I know as I've mentioned you online, I've always said like when we've talked a little bit about the Formula One stuff, I've always said like I appreciate more watching the stuff in the 70s and 80s vintage footage of Formula One where they had these smaller rear wings, wider tires, less downforce on the, the back end of the car and how you really watch these guys manhandle these things around you know the road like obviously the road course racing uh, formula one is but transparent trans carry it over to nascar in the sense of you know i'd like to see them take downforce off the car watch yeah. these guys really mix it up and I, I i don't know i'm not i don't i recognize you know people are gonna say well you know most we had to get away from carburetors in nascar we're going modern with fuel injection and in my drag truck like i run i run fuel injection now because it's just it's easier to to work on than that than messing around with the carburetor every time. So, I certain things I don't mind seeing them you know develop along and bring into the modern era, but then other things it's like if if I want to watch something handle so smoothly, it's like a you know skating on a, a sheet of ice. You know, I watch. I want to see guys really mix it up out there, beat and bang, and really you know see the car you know come back. You know, not so much wrinkled up. But I want to see that that thing's actually been out on track and you know been mixing it up with the other guys. I so I'm gonna hold my reviews on like what I think the 2022 car will be, but I know like there's been a lot of rumblings online, like yays, but as well as nays. So like it, it do. It, it it's going to be interesting. I know going back to something uh, Donna had said earlier, <laughs> Donna had mentioned about just, you know, too many changes. And I feel like, you know, every time you turn around, it's like they're making another rules change. I mean, I consider myself a very long time and educated NASCAR fan. And it's like, I still have to, I, I'm still constantly trying to remember, oh yeah, that was last season. That rule was allowed. Now it's not or vice versa. It, it, it makes my well, head spin, right?
2: Well, there's a, here's another thing, like, if these parts are all going to be manufactured by one company given to every team, now these teams have now lost jobs that, you know, they're engineers for the motors, they're engineers for the chassis, for everything, for suspension. Like, they're going to start losing jobs. And, you know, like, a lot of people building these cars that are going to be out of jobs. And, you know, they're just going to be pretty much the same car for every single
0: team. You know, it's funny that we uh, we talk about those engine, uh, the engineers. I was just looking up some facts as you guys were uh, debating back and forth almost. And according to Google, and this is probably a statistic that's released by NASCAR, they only use that engine once and then they rebuild it. And so yeah they look at like 12 rebuilds a year or something. Or something in that case and then i i want to kind of go back to something we talked about before their uh mofo where we discussed um you know the most winningness uh manufacturer unfortunately i have to agree that you're right with chevrolet it hurts my feelings like i'm just looking i'm,
1: I'm glad that you're weeping a little bit but this is something i've known long, long, long
0: 39 titles for chevrolet and 16 for ford good news is dodge is probably third <laughs> <laughs> sorry well
1: Dodge is you gotta understand though dodge is not actively in nascar um i've heard rumblings that you know they might get back into it as far as i'm concerned, dodge should be into it you've got ford in there with their mustang now chevrolet with their camaro they should have a challenger in there but that being said it's funny how even though they say okay we're the new ford mustang body you know the nascar version they still all look you know the or the Toyota Supra is even better. It's like, well, they still all generally still look the same style bubble. If you were to line up a Camaro, a Mustang, and a Supra in a parking lot, you know, any Tom, Dick, or Harry would stand there and look at them and say, okay, well, they're all different shapes. You line up three manufacturers, NASCARs, and, you know, yeah, have the graphics on the thing, or maybe a little bit different nose or C-pillar, but other than that, I think, I don't know, I, I feel like in my head, the, the heyday of NASCAR, I feel like, was anywhere from the, the 60s up until the early 90s i feel like in the early 90s when you started seeing like the two car teams and stuff like that but you could that was fun and then you you'd look at them though and you could tell that's alumina that's the buick over there right
0: definitely now
1: you're looking at them and they all look so much the same and everything is so streamlined i don't know that that's i mean don't get me wrong. I've still going to tune in and watch, but like I, when I think back, I do think I've seen better. And I think there's been choices that some choice. I mean, that being said, every every fan that we talk to is going to be subjective, to on on, on what they think is makes the sport better or worse.
0: Well, whatever their I mean, preferences. This is strictly only sure. my
1: opinion, right? But I do think that like NASCAR has really got to work on a couple things. I think they need to work on the fan experience, the fan to the driver experience,
2: and I, I know.
1: As uh, you know, it was mentioned earlier here by Patrick that you know sometimes they're racing multiple races in a week. I think you know so we've often talked about you know maybe they should get back to or start doing mid-week, mid-week features. You know like a Thursday night and a Saturday night race. You
0: know, um, I don't see why there would be a problem, especially with other sports, not really running the same schedules themselves. It would open that market up for them maybe a little bit more. You know what I mean?
1: The thing is, though, is like compared to other sports is it's the dollar figure attached to it. You go out, you know, Okay, as an example, let's look at it this way. I'm not like a hockey fan, but you got, you know, you're in our case, like here you got the Maple Leafs. They go, they travel to, I don't know, they're going to Pittsburgh. Well, okay, so there's, there's the hotel cost. The travel cost. Other than that, you're paying the driver or the, the guys to be out on the ice and skate around and whatever, right? They come off the ice and they go home, and that's it. And now, that being said, if someone gets injured, there's obviously that to factor in. But now you have to think of it this way in the racing thing. So the travel cost, you've got, you know, much like, however, I don't know whether the NHL teams fly in some cases, or I'm sure they do in other cases, maybe they just jump on the bus. I have no idea. I'm not a hockey fan. But, you know, you're hauling, you've got the team hauler that's hauling all, like, You know, wherever they're running it, but they're driving, like they have to drive the car there, like on the truck.
3: You got the rest of the crew members
1: are being flown in, the driver's flying in, and they're used because of practice, qualifying, all that. They're usually there for two, three days. There's just a lot of logistics in making sure
2: all the tools
1: and all the supplies get there. And I mean, I suppose the supply thing would be much like hockey, but then all of a sudden, my main point is that if the driver gets injured, much like, say, one of the NHL guys gets injured, Obviously, that is problematic in itself.
0: Well, yeah, because but when the difference the NHL between. a guy goes yeah.
1: into the boards and body checks someone, you know, he's body checking someone, versus if a NASCAR driver or any race car driver sends the car into the wall, you know, you've just spent how many thousand dollars? in damage just to fix
0: that car it's definitely a rich man sport there's no question in my mind but uh i'm gonna ask patrick 69 one more quick question before we wrap it up with you my friend in 60 seconds or less we're gonna beat this horse right to a pulp i want to finish this off and never talk about it again i hope we don't ever have to go deep on it again but okay larson this season do you think it was handled well would you handle it differently and go the larson uh
2: the larson incident yes He should have never, nobody should ever use that word, um, ever in general. Um, I know he was doing the road of recovery um, to get to be reinstated. Now, he was dealing with the same group prior, but he wasn't making as many appearances. Now, I believe he is um, obligated to do so many hours till 2023. Required by NASCAR, and I believe in his contract too with Hendrick, um, he has to do his own thing to honor uh, Rick Hendrick's contract as well. So, d- d- should he get a second chance? If he can prove it on TV and, and making appearances and so on, great for him. Let's see how it goes. Um, yes, everyone deserves a second chance, but we still got to see what happens at Daytona.
0: Amazing. Thank you for your time there, Patrick69. Sorry, no, I got to keep going. The sixty-nine on the end. It was uh, very <laughs> insightful. I'm not as much of a NASCAR guy as you guys are, but uh, I'm getting there, you know.
1: Patrick, it was actually nice to talk to you, actually, for the first time. Thank you for calling in, man. And uh, no, thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, thank you for following, bud. I know you've been a uh, long time supporter, so I do appreciate it. And uh, we will continue to chat. Maybe we'll get you on again. Do appreciate, it, man. For sure. Thank you for having me.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Patrick. So we still right, have. Have a good night, guys. Have a good one, buddy. So we still have uh dj6 on the line is there anything you wanted to ask him there uh mofo before we wrap this bad boy up
1: I, I would just i'm just curious i guess to uh think who who are you gonna
3: be cheering for next season next year next year i don't know who's next year i've been seeing like in all circuits just all kind of fresh young guys a lot of the veterans are out here still it's it's getting out of hand right now when i was actually i didn't understand uh what you said about the amount of cars that are allowed on the track, and they actually decrease that i didn't even know because the way it's looking there's probably people on waiting lists is there is there a d league like like you know the NBA has the g league or the d league is there a d well, league you've, you've, got, you've got like the, the truck series and the xfinity series and then you've got like
1: the N pro east and canaan pro west series and um Sorry, I missed it the uh, the Arca series. So you do have the various feeder seed series? That do feed up to the Cup Series, DJ uh, Six, but generally speaking, I mean, you've got to have teams that are, are looking for a driver. So even though, like, there's, say, open spots, like, they're, they're now fielding 40 cars, or they have 40 car fields if they can fill it, because right now it's been over the 38. If hypothetically DJ Six Racing started up and they were looking for right, a driver right. and, and Mofo right. standing there, then yeah, sure.
3: sure. Always looking yeah. for talent. No, but because I, I understand, but definitely it looks like there's a lot that's in and coordination involved in NASCAR, right? A lot of money and, you know, big teams and organizations, right? So I know they definitely, if you're recruiting, you want whoever is the, the prime. Like the, the the new guy that that everybody that's been watching for the past little while. That's who's obviously getting snagged up because I guess there's only so much cars, right? Yeah, but, like uh, I mean, pe- people are obviously watching these guys come through the ranks, and you know, there's
1: team owners and essentially scouts if you will they are are doing nothing but watching for no but talent coming the up
3: G is, it's they're 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 riding what do you say a truck there's trucks there's like a See, G League you, truck you, you've you got like the Xfinity series which would be
1: underneath the cup series and then you've got the truck series which is at like the lowest rank of the top
3: three series right, below okay. trucks you've got the archive. Yeah, I've watched a lot of that for years since I was a kid okay so that truck series is like just like the G league essentially okay. it's like the Feeder series on your way up, yes. Oh, okay. So, hold on. What about the motocross? Is there some sort of clause where, like, are you allowed to rank up in motocross as well? Or there's only, is there a governing, like, you could only be either in vehicles or you could be a racer, like, on two wheels? Because the... To go back to Larson for a second, I could be wrong. Maybe I read it wrong. But when he was, like, a kid, wasn't he, like, an outstanding, like, wasn't he sick on his motorcycle? Didn't he get recognized as a child for, like, motorcycle racing or something like that? I could maybe, I could be mistaken for something else.
1: I'm only, I'm not
3: 100% sure. To be honest,
1: like, I only started watching uh, Kyle Larson when he was, I guess, about 18, something like that. And he's already
3: he's already about to get into NASCAR at that point. Yeah, but like Jen, <laughs> yeah, like
1: I by then like I knew like he I, I remember like before Jeff Gordon retired, I remember Jeff watching or mentioning um Kyle Larson and that you know he he would be. An up and comer and one the watch. I remember thinking, like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll follow follow this guy along, and I did follow him along. And him and uh, I followed him and Ryan Blaney both, like, you know, coming up the, the the ranks, you know, from late teens, right? Right. And I did actively file follow, sorry, uh, Kyle, up until a few months ago when he, he right, right, up, right, right. And yeah. after that, right. it's like I'm done with this. Huh. Pending
3: argument, right? Well,
1: it just for me, it was just.
2: It was just something oh, no, that, no, it I was like know, the,
1: the so final candle dark. that broke the, broke the, Right. The, you know, wind broke the candle six back, and I just said, you know, that was that was the final draw for me. I don't want to be cheering for someone that, never mind, I've already had little pinholes about, but now this, and we just said, okay, that's where I was cutting off my thing. So
0: excellent, DJ Six, man. I just want to take a second and thank you for your time, man. I know you're a busy dude; you got lots of gigs.
3: No, no, absolutely, it's my pleasure. Um, outstanding, uh, great listen. So yeah, thank you actually sure. uh, for yeah.
1: reaching out to uh, John there on the uh, social media. Do appreciate it, and uh, you know, feel free to give me a follow on the Instagram at Mofo. and uh, again if DJ6 if, if you have any other questions by all means brother uh, feel free to reach out to me um, I always try to get back to people and uh, any questions and uh, do appreciate you uh, joining us and uh, coming on with some uh, your perspective of the whole thing and uh, Certainly appreciate it, man. Thanks.
3: Oh, absolutely. Always be safe out here. Always.
0: Try to make sure my wheels are dry, or if they aren't dry, at least they have lots of tread, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to go deep that way. Folks, please don't forget, we have a store, teespring.com. Look up GDP Go Deep the Podcast. We got t-shirts. We got yoga pants that uh, MoFo likes to wear. We've got hoodies. We don't judge. Just come on down, follow the link at the podbean.com listing of the podcast. And you will see our link to the store. Click it, like it, follow, share, whatever you want to do. We appreciate it. Mofo, thank you for your time, man. It was it was a really uh, awesome time just talking to all these new fans or longtime listeners, really, and them being able to interact with us. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And again, uh, look forward to the upcoming racing season there in 2021. And uh, thank you to uh, Patrick. I, I know we've talked a little bit there on the uh, social media, so It was nice to hear Patrick uh, give us a call and to find out to really (laughs) Adana, so we've got to find a new name. And uh, DJ Sick, yeah, it was was a fun episode today. I'm glad uh, we were able to, I think we will have to explore this again doing some, uh, taking us some calls. That was uh, definitely cool. And thank you again for uh, everyone uh, for the listening and the uh, continued support.
0: Yes. Thank you for the support. Folks, don't forget that uh, MoFo will always be on this show. He's uh, got lots to talk about. We got used cars and stuff of that nature, motorcycles, all coming down the pipe. Now that NASCAR is done, we can explore other avenues. And with that being said, Remember, folks, always go deep. Go deep. Welcome back to GDP Go Deep, the podcast. You can find us on most forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also reach out to the cast, T.O. Big Show, Lord Fawn, Motorsports MoFo, Sturzy, Big Mikey, Astro Moon, and Sassy K. Thank you for your support. And remember, always. Go Deep.